welcome to today's edition of The Plumb Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H dot com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I conclude my visits about Ukraine with a couple of guests, one who is a volunteer chaplain with the Ukrainian military on the broadcast today. And then you can reach out to me and share your thoughts or comments, questions about the broadcast at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Stay tuned. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Batt at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Opendoor Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. Hey, by any chance do you know of any attorneys or aspiring attorneys who seek to make honoring Christ and following His Word the centerpiece of their practice? Or maybe that describes you. An attorney who desires to practice as part of a firm that seeks to honor Christ and display his character to every client. The Brit, Iowa-based law firm, Sigrith, Jones, Lips, and Backey, is seeking to hire an attorney for their growing and active practice throughout north-central Iowa. Please reach out to them at 641-843-4451. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm joined by Mikhail Pavenko, a volunteer chaplain with the Ukrainian military, and Stephen Moore, founder of Ukraine Freedom Project based in Kiev, Ukraine. And we're discussing Ukraine, obviously, as well as the conflict between Russia and Ukraine that is ongoing still. It's been going on for a couple of years plus, at least in a sense of a full military conflict anyway. And really the conflict or the, uh, I don't even know what to call it, it's more than animosity. That's the word that came to mind, but it's more than animosity that's been going on for a much longer time between Russia and many of its neighbors. And a lot of that fueled by Mr. Vladimir Putin himself. And so that's our discussion here as we look at this from a biblical perspective. And, Mikhail, I kind of wanted to start off here with something that I ran out of time to get to in the opening portion of the broadcast. But you mentioned that Ukraine seems to be very open and receptive to the gospel. And so I wanted your thoughts on why you think that is. Well, because it's the truth for one. During the Soviet Union, uh, the empire, most persecuted people during the Soviet Union were from Ukraine. Like I said, my great-grandfather and my grandfather spent 32 years of combined in Gulag and were in prison camps for their faith. My dad was born in a labor camp, and these stories are everywhere throughout Ukraine. One of the things that really, really 
made me proud when I went back to Ukraine in 2014 and 15 to work as a chaplain was to see how the Protestant churches instantly kicked into overdrive and they became these haven places of shelter and they became just these self-organized machines that, in my opinion, work a lot better than any government ever could. You know, there's no bureaucracy. They see a need, they see a situation, and they take care of it. When this big invasion happened in February of 2022, February 24th of 22, the Ukrainian churches became shelters. They became places of refuge for widows, for orphans, for troops. They became distribution centers for food, for aid. And I've seen that traveling all throughout Ukraine. It's really amazing how the church in Ukraine is not just a church within the four walls. It's a church that has feet. It's a church that has arms and a church that has eyes. And they move. And it's a living organism that helps people. And one of the things that has really, really made me happy is to see how the government, in my opinion, in no shape or form, they don't prohibit the work of the Protestant churches in Ukraine. For one, it's a very free country. Number two, they see that the churches in Ukraine, these organizations, they are the most effective. Does that make sense? In fact, when I remember uh, I went there in June of 2022, a few months after the invasion, and the Russians, they were literally 10 minutes from where I was at, right? And the entire city of Slavyansk was empty, Krematorsk was empty, but the organizations that worked there, there were Protestant churches, and my three uncles were there, pastors, other church uh, you know, leaders were there, churches were taking care of people in care of the troops when everybody else left, the city was empty. So it makes me so proud to see the body of Christ, the church, really take care of its people. That's an incredible thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, Mikhail, I'd love to hear your own personal testimony of how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Part of the reason is I know that there may be people tuning in who just want to hear about Ukraine and what the latest is there, and they don't know anything about the uh, aspect that we've been sharing a lot about, that is the gospel. And so how is it that this gospel impacted you? Well, I was born in a Christian household, so all my life I've been a believer. And to be honest with you, I did not really know nothing about Ukraine from 96 till about 2013. Because I was an American kid, I was going to college, going to high school, doing my own thing. Then when I saw when the Russians took Crimea, something kind of hit me a little bit. And I said, hey, this, this is unreal. I love history. I study history. And I said, hey, this is a modern Hitler 2.0 right here. The way he speaks, the way he's got his ambitions. And, you know, the Russians took a little piece of... Georgia back in August of 08 after the Summer Olympics, they took Crimea, and after the Winter Olympics 2014, they love this stuff, right? When the world's busy with its fanfare, and hey, we'll take a piece here, take a piece here, and the West said, hey, Vlad, don't do that again, don't do it again, don't do it again, and guess what? Vlad did it again, right? Because bullies must be stopped. But for me, my faith is something that, hey, when you see a wrong being committed, you just don't stand on the sidelines. You do something about it. You either speak or you act. And I'm in a position, honestly, to do both. I know that to be a chaplain, it's not for everybody. It's a calling. And it's a very risky thing. Last year, I lost seven good buddies in Ukraine, including a chaplain for my class. His name was Mark. I spent a lot of time with him in the front lines. Another chaplain, his name was George. I spent a lot of time with him back in 2019 on the front lines of East Ukraine. He also was killed in this unfortunate war. And then also, it'll be one year this February, my uncle, who had two of his boys were killed, like I told you, his third son was also killed as a chaplain. So my uncle lost three boys in, wow. in this war. Two were tortured, and the other one, uh, Slav, he was killed. It'll be a year this February 3rd, and he's got a wife and a little baby girl left in Ukraine. This war has really impacted everybody in Ukraine. And like Stephen said, the decision here is very simple. If we let Ukraine fall, American troops will be 
involved. I absolutely guarantee you. But if the Ukrainians win, I believe they will. We need to give them exactly what they need and when they need that. And they, they've shown the world they can fight better than anybody. They're at home. They're motivated. And this chaos and instability that is brought on by the Russians will only increase in other parts of the world if we don't make an example out of these guys and tell them, hey, you're going to go back. You're going to pay reparations. You're going to be shown. And this is, we don't do this. And this is a genocidal thing. And, and it's over. And you're going to lose this thing. And you're going to be paying these people for a long, long time. Yeah. So, Mikhail, as a chaplain, tell us what you're telling these young troops who, as you said, some of them have been killed and all of them are feeling the sense that they may be facing eternity one day sooner than maybe they want to. So what are, what message of hope, what good news gospel are you giving them? Sure. You know, in the Bible, there's a verse that says, save those that are being taken in the slaughter, right? They're being taken to be killed. In reality, this is really what's happening. We have millions of people in Ukraine that are living on the front lines as servicemen and then people really in within Ukrainian cities that are getting shelled with cruise missiles daily, you know, hundreds of kilometers from the front hospitals, schools, things like that. The chaplains, for one, what we tell them is, for one, you're not killers, you're not murderers, you're defending your own land, you are giving your life for your own brother, for your own sister. Where we make them right with the Lord, we tell them, hey, we all may die at this war, including me, including you. But it's very important that if we do pass away, that we go to heaven. And some guys pray prayer with us. Uh, to be honest with you, I have yet to meet an atheist. Uh, I know it sounds kind of a cliche thing, but they're all very receptive to the gospel, especially the guys in the hospitals, right? They're laying there. Some of them are depressed. You know, they're missing limbs, missing legs, arms. It's an incredible time just to spend time with them, to fellowship with them, to hear their stories of heroism, and to pray with them and to just share with them and spend time with them, share the gospel with them. And they're all very, very receptive. I read this thing, War is Kind of Organized Chaos. Uh, I think Harry Truman said that. But in the midst of this darkened chaos, there's a church that is light, light in a very, very dark place. And as chaplains, we are kind of these beacons of light with the guys in the front lines and the barracks and the hospitals in the midst of this depression, the sadness. They see chaplains as kind of this avenue of relief and in a way to speak with somebody and talk about God and family things. I mean, it's an incredible time to minister. Mm, yeah, well, as you alluded to there, Jesus' wonderful words of greater love as no one than this, that he'd lay down his life for his friends, and many soldiers, Ukrainian soldiers, have done that, and I hope and pray that they did that knowing Jesus Christ themselves, and for the one tuning in right now and just wanting to hear the topic and the discussion that we're talking about, and not really understanding this gospel, this good news, let me just briefly share that, uh, in essence, regardless of what nationality you are, if you're in the midst of a, a war or a conflict, and you are maybe on the end where you're the right or the just side, I guess we could say, in, in God's eyes, you still are a sinner, and I still am a sinner. Regardless of how good I try to be or how good I think I am, we're all sinners and we are all sinners deserving of God's wrath and his judgment. That's all we deserve is condemnation. And yet God made it possible for us to be reconciled to him 
through his son, Jesus Christ, Jesus came and took our punishment upon himself. He went to the cross, shed his blood, and received the beating and the punishment that you and I deserved. And as a result, he grants us forgiveness of sins, and as he rose from the dead, as he was resurrected, he was victorious over sin, over the power of sin and over Satan and over death, and he grants us victory as well and eternal life when we believe in him. And so that's what it's about, repenting, acknowledging your sin and your need for a Savior, turning away from that, turning to God, and receiving his Son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood for you on the cross. Belief is what is needed not any works or anything like that. And so uh, just very briefly, if you need more explanation of that, I want to have you reach out to me, and maybe this is a moment for you where Jesus Christ has come into your life and you've received him as Lord and Savior. I'd love to hear about that, or I'd love to connect with you and share more of this good news. You can reach me at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Remember, Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Stay tuned. We have lots more to come as we discuss Ukraine, the conflict between Russia and Ukraine from a biblical perspective with my guests, Mikhail Pavenko and Stephen Moore on The Plum Line today. Thanks for tuning in. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors, EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns, 623-537-3657. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. I am so thankful that you have signed on to The Plum Line. This Christ-honoring radio show was birthed out of my lifelong career in radio and God's plan for me to serve Him as a radio missionary to our nation, a nation where less than 9% of those who call themselves Christians hold to a biblical worldview, according to George Barna's research. God laid it upon my heart to use the gifts of expositing the scriptures and discernment from the Word of God to examine dozens of issues that are relevant to our society today from a biblical worldview. A biblical worldview is the lens that Christians should use to view everything. Yet, unbeknownst to many who call themselves Christians, their views on numerous matters are not based upon the only perfect, 100% reliable standard, the Word of God, our plumb line. So in order to address that troubling statistic, the Plumb Line radio show began in Iowa in late 2022 and is now growing across the country, including into your area. If you appreciate the mission and ministry of The Plumb Line, I would appreciate hearing from you. You can share your financial support or simply a message letting me know you're tuning in and praying for this ministry by emailing theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me for The Plumb Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. On the broadcast, my guest, Mikhail Pavenko, volunteer chaplain with the Ukrainian military who lives in Vancouver, but travels to Ukraine, his native country, quite frequently. And then Stephen Moore, the founder of Ukraine Freedom Project based in Kiev. 
in the Ukraine. And so we're going to talk a little bit more here about a couple of other aspects that we haven't had time to get to yet. And one of those is, as I brought up this reality of Ukraine being receptive or open to the gospel, that's kind of what we started this broadcast talking about with Mikhail. Part of the reason may be the president, at least I'm, I'm wondering that anyway, Vladimir Zelensky. So tell us a little bit about this man. I understand he's Jewish, right? He is Jewish. You know, religious freedom there is something they take very seriously. Zelensky is Jewish. He hired a Muslim defense minister. Most of the country is Orthodox Christian. There's a thriving Protestant population. About 4% of Ukraine's population is Protestant. That's just about 1.5 million people. Uh, and that's a testament to American missionaries going there and doing yeah. good work. Because when the Soviet Union fell, there were no Protestants in Ukraine. And as we talked about earlier, the unfortunate thing is that Ukrainian Protestants, Baptists, Pentecostals, Evangelicals of all types, are being tortured and murdered systematically by the Russians because the Russians view Protestants as, you know, like they see a Baptist, they say, oh, you're a Baptist. You must be an agent of the American government because this is an American religion. And so they arrest them and they treat them like a spy and they shut down the churches. To fully understand this, I need to tell you a little bit about the Russian Orthodox Church. The Russian Orthodox Church is not a church as you and I would understand it. You know, we have separation of church and state here in the United States, and in Russia, it's quite the opposite. The Russian Orthodox Church is a working arm of the Kremlin. They have a patriarch, Patriarch Kirill, and the patriarch is essentially a pope. So all the clergy in the Russian Orthodox Church report to Kirill. Kirill, the patriarch, recently said, if you die fighting in Ukraine, all your sins will be washed away. If your listeners right now are in front of their computers, just Google the phrase Russian Orthodox priest blessing tanks. And you hit the images, Google images, and you'll see a hundred pictures of guys in robes sprinkling holy water on tanks. So again, the Russian Orthodox Church is a working arm of the Kremlin and the clergy report to the patriarch in Moscow. Now, in Ukraine, you have the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. There's two different Orthodox churches in Ukraine, Ukrainian Orthodox Church and the Orthodox Church of Ukraine. Ukrainian Orthodox Church reports to Moscow. So it is the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, Moscow Patriarch is what its full name is. And the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, Moscow Patriarch, is the branch of the Russian Orthodox Church in Ukraine. I can't remember how many parishes there are all over Ukraine, because at one time this was the largest religion in Ukraine. But now, because these clergy report to the patriarch in Moscow, they're an intelligence asset for the Russian government. Some of them have been arrested for directing artillery fire by the Russians. Some of them have been arrested for housing Russian soldiers. And in one particularly egregious example I want to convey to you, there's a place called Bucha. And Bucha is a suburb of Kiev, an affluent suburb of Kiev. And it was invaded by the Russians in the beginning of the war. When the Russians came, a priest of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, Moscow Patriarch, that is the Russian Orthodox Church in Ukraine, this priest saw them coming, said, hey guys, great to see you. Let me take you to the homes of some people who are going to be most likely to oppose you. And now there is a, uh, is a mass grave in Bucha with about 500 people. They've got their hands tied behind their back, signs of torture on their body. 
And many of them were put there by this priest from the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, Moscow Patriarch, which again is the branch of the Russian Orthodox Church in Ukraine. And we have a website, RussiaTorturesChristians.org. And if your listeners go there, they can get the full story. And I want to close the loop on this by saying that there's an unfortunate lie that's going around the community of faith in America. That is that Zelensky is persecuting Christians. And what Zelensky is doing is trying to stop the activities of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, Moscow Patriarch. He's trying to stop the activities of the branch of the Russian Orthodox Church in Ukraine. And 85% of Ukrainians want him to do something about this supposed church. And 66% want him to ban the church completely. So if your listeners hear that Zelensky is persecuting Christians, that is a very unfortunate mistruth. And that is covering up for the real things that are going on in Ukraine, which is that the Russians are systematically torturing and murdering Protestants for their faith. So I think it's important for your listeners to hear that. Yeah. One thing I want to add to what Steve said, uh, and I'm so glad he said that he's an incredible orator and he speaks so well. I'll start with my own uh, experience. In 2014, when these pro-Russian separatist or these Russian military fighters dressed in civilian clothing came into Monkos Church in the city of Slavyansk. It was documented before they did that. They went to a Russian Orthodox church in Ukraine and they got the blessing from the Pope of that area to go and kill the Western Protestants. Does that make sense? It's documented. Before they walked into my uncle's church, a large church in East Ukraine, took two of the deacons from that church and two of his sons that day, they actually killed four people. Mm. Uh, two cousins and two deacons killed that day. They got blessing from the Russian Orthodox Church, number one. And number two, the, one of the big lies of the Russian propaganda is this, that the Ukrainians are Nazis. Zelensky is a Jewish man with Jewish ancestry. His great-grandfather, his relatives, were in the Holocaust. Now get this, 73% of the people in Ukraine voted for a Jew. Show me the Nazis. Who's the real Nazi here? How can Nazis vote for a Jew? That is the truth right there, and I'm so glad Stephen brought those things up. The Russian propaganda is very powerful, and unfortunately, I'll say one thing. You know, Ronald Reagan stood up for the Soviets, right? And today we have a lot of people in the conservative uh, movement They want to make a deal with the Russians, make a deal with the Soviets. Things have flipped so much, and a big part of that is because some American commentators, some journalists, in my opinion, are doing the work of Russia. They are doing work of the Kremlin, and it's this influx of Russian propaganda that is just perfect to a T, they want to spin this thing. And here are the facts. Ukraine does not persecute Christians. It's the most free nation for the gospel. And I have not seen any Nazis in Ukraine. I've personally spent time with Messianic chaplains in Ukraine, Messianic guys, right? Jewish guys. And I've never seen anything like that. Mm. Jay, everyone wants to know the truth. And it's hard to understand who to believe. And previously trustworthy conservative voices have just gone completely off the rails on Ukraine. And if they want to know the truth, they can go to RussiaTorturesChristians.org, where we have testimonies from pastors in Ukraine that are telling their personal accounts, much like Mikhail. You know, we have documented cases. As I mentioned, Protestants are 4% of the Ukrainian population. They make up more than a third of the documented cases of persecution by Russians of Christian minorities. So I would just encourage your listeners to go to org, have a look, and understand this for themselves. 
Mm, yeah, well, and that leads me right into the last thing. We only have a moment left here, but I wanted to know from one of you here what our listeners can do, and you've given that as far as going to the website, but what else should we be doing? Well, I'll just say one thing really quickly. We need to make sure that we vote correctly and that we do not let a modern-day Hitler have success. And listen, just get the word out. Here's what happens to the falsehoods. You know, and I'll just name names. Tucker Carlson will treat something on Twitter that's completely false, and then Elon Musk will retweet it. So those are two of the most wealthy, powerful men in the world, and they're just not telling the truth. And me, I was a volunteer. Mikhail's a volunteer. You know, we are volunteering in Ukraine because we think it's the right thing to do. And yeah. so, you know, why should they believe me? Why should your, your listeners believe me? Because we got no financial stake in this. We're not the wealthiest men in the world. You know, we're doing this because we've been there. So I just would love it to have the help of your listeners in helping us get the word out. Go to RussiaTorchesChristians.org and forward that stuff around. Forward it to everyone you know. There's some very compelling testimonies there. And please, just forward it to everyone because we're working against the folks who are not telling the truth, who are much more powerful and much more wealthy than we are. Mm. I'll say one last thing. The Russian news stations run shows of Tucker Carlson with Russian translation. I mean, how much more proof do you need? Does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, how, how far do we come that we have conservatives that are repeating Russian propaganda, which is truly, truly, truly heartbreaking. I've traveled all over Ukraine. I really have. I spent, if you look at my all my last trips over the last nine years, I spent over a year, year plus living the front lines. Thank you, gentlemen. And I want to stress, too, that ultimately we need to really not stop our prayers. I know for myself and my family, we prayed very diligently and regularly. And then as things dragged on, you know, the prayers weren't as regular. And so I want to remind myself and everyone tuning in that we need to continue to lift up the Ukrainians and also lift up the Russians, that there would be a change of heart and mind there. And as Mikhail was pointing out, God is a miracle-working God. And believe it or not, he can do miracles even with Vladimir Putin and the Russian soldiers and all of those in Russia who are supporting this war. And so please do continue to pray. And so thank you so much, Mikhail. Thank you, Stephen, for being my guest. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Very happy to be here. I'd love to do it again. Yeah, I'd love to have you guys back on again in the future. It's been a great conversation, very informative to me, and I'm sure to the listeners as well. And thank you and the listening family for tuning in to The Plum Line. Reach out to me anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com.